Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Salam and welcome to Editor's Note. I'm Yair Pinto, and together with me, as always, is TV7 Israel Editor-in-Chief Jonathan Hassan. How are you doing? Praise God. God is good, and it's good to be here. Hallelujah. I like that opening. (laughs) So I would like to start, as we always do, with inviting God to be with us. So please join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, thank you that you are with us, that you are loyal, that you protect us, that you guide us. We pray for your presence here today in this program. We pray that you will touch our hearts, touch everybody who's part of what we do here in TV7 Israel with your uh, word, with your knowledge, with your guidance. We pray for our team. We pray for Jonathan. We pray for uh, our technical team behind the scenes. And we pray for everybody who is supporting us from their uh, countries, wherever they are around the world. Bless them. Shem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen. Well, Jonathan, um, I think before we dive into all of the topics that we usually uh, discuss here, that are, they change all the time, and really affect the world, I think it's important to share with uh, the viewers and the, the new people who this is their first time, second time, that starting to get to know us, that we really are 100% uh, donation-based. So all the productions that you see are made possible because of people like you that support, whatever they can support with financially, prayer. So. If you like what we do, you want to see more of that, please consider making a financial contribution. Go to our website at tv7israelnews.com and go to the donate area and you can learn more about us and make a a big difference. So thank you. I just wanted to share that before we dive into today's topic. So anything to add about this, Jonathan? You pretty much summed it up. (laughs) Uh, I think that uh, it should be emphasized, even Mm -hmm. though uh, the, the... Fiscal angle is very important, obviously, to allow us to to drive the operation. Uh, Prayer, 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 Um, Mm -hmm. asking for God's favor, for God's blessings. Um, Many people are not able to to support uh, fiscally, and and that's understandable. Uh, We all have the challenges that we go through and and experiences that we need to Mm -hmm. undergo in order to get prepared for what God has laid in front of us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, really pray for uh, your fellow family at home, uh, people from all over the world who are uh, watching us uh, diligently for mm-hmm. quite some time now, um, or not quite some time, but also people who just joined us recently. Uh, I believe TV7 Israel is a family. We are one body um, mm-hmm. And we are just the vessels here in Jerusalem uh, that uh, God has called to fulfill uh, the mission of TV7 Israel, and, and therefore we're humbled to do so. Uh, pray for us, pray for uh, God's guidance, and that we may have his discernment, and that we may uh, uh, hear, heed his voice. Um, and ultimately, everything that we do, that he may reap the glory from it, uh, because this is the only reason we do this. 
Hallelujah. Yeah, definitely. And it's really important for us that everybody back at home is part of that, is part of the team. You know, we need you. So if you even have like, you know, comments or feedback or just a good job, guys, it's really helpful and really encourage us and the team here. So, okay. I think that we have a lot to discuss in the in the Middle East. A lot is happening, especially, I think, with the Iran nuclear deal. So maybe, Jonathan, you can give us a little bit of an insight of uh, everything that we hear in the news. Well, obviously, we are uh, before the holiday season here in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, September usually uh, is uh, Rosh Chodesh and uh, the, the, uh, the first month of the year, Chagei Tishrei, we call mm-hmm. them in Hebrew. Uh, so it's a period of a lot of um, off time from schools and, and uh, official institutions uh, yeah. and what relates to that. Uh, and unfortunately, it's also a period uh, that uh, not only is aimed to, to glorify God, but it's also uh, where uh, a lot of evil occurs. Uh, and I think there is always a push yeah. between mm-hmm. or a clash between the two sides. Um, and we, we can see that there is an uptick in terrorism. Mm-hmm. There is an uptick of tensions. This tensions uh, these tensions have already been going for quite some time. And um, these tensions are global and, and obviously uh, with global implications. But these implications have a uh, very significant uh, impact also on what's going to happen here in Israel, particularly uh, and Jerusalem. Uh, more generally speaking. Yes. Um, and the reason I say it this way, even though Israel is the general and Jerusalem is the particular, is that uh, generally speaking, there's going to be a lot of challenges that have to do with Israel, but, uh, or excuse me, um, particularly Israel is, is part of this global construct of the yes. geopolitical construct, and therefore it's particularly Israel. But generally speaking, Jerusalem has uh, the uh, essence or the trigger of many, many of the challenges that pertain mm-hmm. to this. And therefore, sometimes it's the other way around that the one impacts the other. And, and uh, we're going to see much of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, nonetheless, God is in control and we know that he is. Uh, yep. As you noted, the Islamic Republic of Iran is, is a major topic of today's discussion. Uh, I'll try to clarify uh, some of the points that mm-hmm. were made mm-hmm. also last week uh, and uh, the various developments. Uh, and also, of course, uh, we're just before the Board of Governors meeting uh, of the International Atomic Energy Agency. Um, and right before that, usually something happens. So uh, there were the two reports last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are classified reports, restricted reports, and uh, usually only a select few uh, media outlets are uh, managed to receive some of receive these some of this report these reports, um, and uh, everybody else copies what, what they, they say. write. I see. Um, thankfully, uh, we mm-hmm. are among the select few who have mm-hmm. uh, deep connections into the agency and. and very good friends who operate within the agency and therefore we know what's happening Mm -hmm. um, behind the scenes of course what they may unveil and the explanations that they provide they understand the importance of the work that we're doing and as such uh you know i think that just to take the 
there were two reports. One is about the UN Resolution 2231. Yes. The other one is about the NPT, the Non-Proliferation Treaty Safeguards uh, mm-hmm. Agreement, uh, which Iran is a signatory of. So uh, it has nothing to do with the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. It's a different uh, agreement that Iran is part of and signed exactly. and agreed to. Exactly. So uh, people need to differentiate between the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, the deal that was made yeah. with Iran, and the NPT agreement, which Iran is a signatory of. Yeah, the non-proliferation agreement, right? right? So it's basically countries that agreed not to have nuclear weapons. There were um, uh, various agreements. Basically, this was advanced at the time by uh, Russia and the United States, or the Soviets and the United States, in order to um, end Europe, for that matter, mm-hmm. to try and... Um, reduce the amount of nuclear weapons in the world. To reduce right. the amount of uh, nuclear weapons, mm-hmm. but to increase the use of nuclear uh, energy yeah. for civic purposes... Uh, in order to provide uh, necessities for electricity, medical, energy. electricity, of course, is one component, but medical is a big component, mm-hmm. and many other attributes. I use this. used for nuclear from technology. Nuclear technolo- uh, technology, yes. So if uh, okay. I draw up just one, this specific report, uh, the discussion is about the three outstanding issues that remain with Iran, uh, which Iran demands that the agency closes. So there were nuclear particles that were uncovered in three locations in Iran. Mm-hmm. Those locations, according to um, the agency, okay, were not declared to the agency, and therefore, under the NPT, all nuclear activities must be declared to the agency. Mm-hmm. If they're not, it means that you're doing something that may be wrong, that may pursue nuclear weapons or other dimensions. And therefore, when we're looking at uh, those outstanding issues, the Iranians are demanding, in order to enter a joint comprehensive plan of action or the 2015 nuclear agreement, they are demanding that, similar to a decision that was made in 2015 Mm -hmm. under the agreement, there was a political decision to close investigations into Iranian activities. So they want the same thing now. Now they want the same thing. They want to close those three um, investigations. And unfortunately, for three years almost, the Islamic Republic of Iran failed time and again to provide credible answers. It blatantly lied, basically. Yeah. And now they want us to basically ask the international community just to you know, erase the slate, give them a you know, fresh say, start. You want to come back into an agreement? Great. Starting from scratch. We want as well um, a clean slate. Yeah. Let yeah. bygones be bygones. So the agency says, and so do uh, the United States and the E3, Germany, France, and uh, the United Kingdom. They're saying, okay, no problem. You know, we're willing to start an open slate. So give the agency the answers. Ah, let's close the investigation. Let's close the investigations beforehand and then we can start. They say, no, 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 no. We need to close them because this is political. Why is it political? Because they were unveiled in the archives that the Mossad, the Israeli intelligence agency, stole from Iran. Okay, it retracted those documents from Iran. It gave this information to the agency. And then the agency went and looked In in those locations based on that. So it didn't go and look. What did it do? According to its mandate, Mm -hmm. it has to request. Iran at the beginning said no. It took eight months 
for the Iranians to grant the IAEA inspectors access to those locations. You can do a lot of stuff in eight months. <laughs> Not enough in order to yeah. hide nuclear particles, mm -hmm. apparently. Yeah. Okay. So the inspectors went there. They, After eight months that they weren't granted access, they retracted the particles from there. And lo and behold, suddenly they found out that there was nuclear activity there. So they went back to the Iranians as part of this investigation, three separate locations, three different investigations. They told the Iranians, excuse me, what is this? Now, time and again, mm -hmm. there were communications going back and forth. Okay, Time and again, Iran provided answers. And then the agency said, look, you give us answers, but they're technically not credible. What does it mean technically not credible? It means that you can say whatever you want, but there is a technical um, aspect. It doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. One plus one is not three. Right. It's two. Right. That's just what it is. It depends who you ask. <laughs> okay. okay. Depends but on the Iranians. Mathematically speaking, um, there is one solution. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and this is mathematical. This is quite um, uh, complex for people like us, but it's quite simple for uh, nuclear scientists who, who deal mm -hmm. with this on a regular basis. And they look at this and they say, what you're providing us time and again is technically not credible. And if I look at what um, the agency is writing, you know, Again, uh, General uh, Director General or DG uh, Grossi, mm -hmm. he, he comes time and again and he says that those issues remain outstanding. And I'll just go to the summary, which is the conclusion of the, the dialogue basically between Iran and the IAEA, yes. where the IAEA says, okay, uh, the last Board of Governors meeting, if we go backwards a little bit in, in uh, the medium-term history. The agency and the Iranians came to an agreement that until the next Board of Governors meeting, they will come with a few answers. I see. Okay. This hasn't happened. So now in the summary, in, in Section 9 of, of the summary, mm -hmm. uh, it says the following. Or actually, I'll go back to number 8 and then to provide mm -hmm. some context. The Director General is increasingly concerned that Iran has not engaged with the agency on the outstanding safeguards issues, mm -hmm. yeah, open investigations, during this reported uh, reporting period, and therefore there has been no progress towards resolving them. Mm -hmm. The Director General reiterates, now he says in 9, that unless and until Iran provides technically credible explanations for the presence of uranium particles of uh, unthorough Anthropogenic, anthropogenic, excuse me, What's origin <laughs> at three undeclared locations. It's the technical process of evaluating okay. particles uh, in Iran and informs the agency of the current locations of the nuclear material and or of the contaminated equipment because the, mm -hmm. so the equipment was contaminated. The agency will not be able to confirm the correctness and completeness of Iran's declarations under its Comprehensive Safeguards Agreement, the NPT. Therefore, the agency is not in the position right now to provide assurance that Iran's nuclear program is exclusively peaceful. Mm -hmm. Basically, 
the agency comes out and tells the Board of Governors, the member states, including the United States, including the European powers and Mm -hmm. other members of this uh, uh, Board of Governors, we cannot provide you with guarantees that Iran is not pursuing a nuclear weapon. Yeah, so their nuclear installations might be for weaponized use. Well, more so. We are... Uh, we have been inspecting. We have been inspecting their uh, proliferation. Okay, the, uh, excuse me, their um, uh, enrichment of uranium mm-hmm. as one of those pillars of a nuclear weapon. What they do in hiding with the other pillars, we cannot provide you guarantees on that. That's not our mandate as the IAEA. But when we're looking particularly at the enrichment part. We cannot provide you guarantees because we don't know if we are monitoring the only processes mm-hmm. of enrichment. Yes. There could be other enrichment facilities throughout Iran where the Iranians are enriching uranium or yes. storing quantities of uranium. The other report already indicates that the Iranians have enough uranium for one nuclear payload. Okay, so they already mm-hmm. potentially have one or more. Let, let's put things in, in context, mm-hmm. okay? The Iranians, they do not have an interest of having an arsenal of 5, 10, or 50 nuclear weapons. They do not have such an interest. If they do, it will bring hell upon so, them. So they want more? They need to have an arsenal that is clearly separated with clear technological capabilities of delivering those payloads, intercontinental payloads, okay, um, vehicles, excuse me, to be able to deliver them to Europe, to be able to deliver them to the United States, to other U.S. allies and partners in the region. Um, And only then would there be a clear deterrent in order to do something like this. They do not have a nuclear umbrella. That that's let, yeah. So even if they have the nuclear bomb, they need the yeah. means to to transfer it, to launch it. To According to all intelligence assessments, at this moment mm-hmm. in time, the Iranians do not have it. They also are still stuck in a few um, crucial process of development. Of development. And therefore, they probably, and this is why many of the experts are saying, and not the self-proclaimed experts, okay, there are too many out there that I'm reading what they're writing suddenly, just out of curiosity, and it's utter nonsense. I couldn't believe my own eyes to see those kind of... of People who who declare themselves as experts on Iran because they read about it. Whoever comes and tells you that Iran already has nuclear weapons doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, Mm -hmm. for one simple reason, and this is a very simple reason, um, they do not know. You cannot make such a statement. I see. You can say, I suspect they may have a nuclear weapon. But if you come and say, I know they have nuclear weapons, excuse me, you do not know. Yeah, yeah. If you're an expert, then you don't give just a suspicion. You know, it's not your expert opinion unless you are, I don't know. That's your job from from uh, unfortunately, Europe, right? Unfortunately, um, too many people are too easy with their tongue about yeah. things that are very devastating. 
I mean, um, if you see the conventional capacity of certain weapons and you see what they're able to inflict, mm -hmm. you're not going around saying, here, I have this weapon and, and all kind of things, uh, trying to boast in your ability to destroy. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, because ultimately we're not here to kill one another. We're here to try and, and save uh, humanity from itself. Okay, so when we're looking at reality at hand, we need, especially as believers, by the way, mm -hmm. we need to stand by our leaders to give them the courage to speak out when something's wrong and to be credible enough to know when not to speak. Mm -hmm. And to say also, I don't know, I don't have enough information on this sometimes topic. Sometimes it's better to not to say it all rather than to say I don't know. In yeah, yeah. In, definitely in politics yeah. aspects. But uh, when we're looking at the big picture, okay, and, and again, I'm going back to those self-proclaimed experts because mm -hmm. I, I see this too much out there. And too many people are falling into the trap of listening to those people. Um, some people who I actually uh, very much love and, and appreciate what they're doing, you cannot come out and say that the Iranians have nuclear weapons. You cannot come out and say something you do not know as a fact because it's not a fact. Okay? Mm -hmm. And this is something very important to put out there. Um, we are assessing the situation. We can suspect. We can make analogies. We mm -hmm. can uh, try to analyze based on, on raw material and yeah. raw data. But uh, not even I can come out and say they most definitely have it unless I have verified information that I can provide that that substantiates that claim. Well, that's that's kind of journalism 101. But sadly, it's very hard to find these type of journalistic ethics in our world when every second person becomes an expert with a phone and a following of a million people. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. No, absolutely. I, I, <laughs> I unfortunately have to uh, deal with this all the time. And that's mm -hmm. why... Uh, compared to other channels, if, mm -hmm. if you want to go and watch another news uh, channel and uh, get information as quickly as possible, we're not the place for that. We only broadcast what we corroborate. Mm -hmm. And if we cannot corroborate, we say that it's reported by or so on and so forth. Even when it's reportedly, it's partially corroborated. Yes. Okay, so we corroborate at least with one source. If... We manage to corroborate it with three sources. That's when we report on it that it's it's happening. It's happening yeah. as it is, and usually it's, uh, there are very specific standards that we try to follow. Um, I remember uh, just last week there was, of course, the the sixth of September, the uh, anniversary of the strike in Syria of uh, the nuclear reactor. Yeah, and uh, we were also, of course, we had Sofrin here. Uh, who was the head of uh, intelligence in the Mossad, who was in charge of locating this specific site. If you haven't watched Watchmen Talk at home, <laughs> do it now. Um, it's a three-part series, and he speaks, he's quite elaborate about it in the third mm -hmm. part of uh, Watchmen Talk with Sofrin, uh, General Sofrin, who is a brilliant individual. Mm -hmm. um, when we look at that, the first report about it, about the strike, saying what it was, was CNN. 
CNN wrote that there were um, weapons shipments of Iran to Hezbollah or whatever mm -hmm. things. Um, a week later, the Wall Street Journal came out and reported about it. And I still remember reading about this report in the Wall Street Journal. And Wall Street Journal was completely accurate about what were uh, the suspicions, what were mm -hmm. things. Of course, very small details about this uh, specific um, instance. I happened to be back then also in the military in mm -hmm. a certain capacity. And I uh, still remember that that's when also the coin dropped that, you know, when, when um, big networks report, it doesn't mean they always know, and sometimes they don't corroborate from all sides. Ah, so you say that CNN reported first, but they had a lot more mistakes and the details Correct. were not corroborated Correct. compared to the Correct. Wall Street The Journal. same reporter, yeah. I don't think he worked with CNN anymore because mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. um, subsequently, a week later, there was a specific reporter who wrote to the Wall Street Journal. Now, the, the reason the Wall Street Journal is because Israel leaks information to the Wall Street Journal, so okay. to the New York Times, to you know specific channels, including CNN sometimes. So that's why we always look at those channels because we know that they receive information from the Israeli government sometimes that is leaked there for various purposes. Yes. We need to understand that this happens on a regular basis. Now, we do not know whether the nuclear deal will be revived. We cannot know right now. We need to wait and see mm -hmm. what is going to happen, how things develop. Um, and if it does revive, there are going to be consequences. If it doesn't, there are going to be consequences. Definitely, yeah. we, we need to evaluate what both scenarios means uh, for Israel more thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And God willing, you know, we'll be able to do so. Um, as quickly as possible and as assuredly as possible for mm -hmm. the sake of everybody watching us. Um, and, uh, you know, with journalistic ethics, mm -hmm. I believe is, is a standard. Um, serving God is much higher standard. So we need to try and, and go beyond journalistic ethics and go and serve God wholeheartedly and know that he's in control and therefore, we need to be truthful about every detail yeah. of what we do, of what we say, and how we say it, and truly impact the nations for the sake of, of truth, for the sake of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Peter. And thank you to everybody that is part of TV7 Israel. Keep praying for the peace of Jerusalem and seek the truth. See you next time for another episode of Editor's Note. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.